This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, here's Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, July 13th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is trying his ever so hardest to pay attention to the live television show we're doing right now because Big 12 Media Days are happening concurrently. His name is Jason Shepard. Look, I am 100% dialed in. I'm ready to go. Uh, look, I know that uh, I do have an interest, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in the Big 12 <laughs> Media Days and things that are going on, but look, for the next hour, okay. I'm locked in. Are you sure? I, because uh, Very much. Because you know what a lot of people love? <laughs> Breaking news. Yes, and we have indeed. Some. Hit it! BYU Sports Nation breaking news. BYU football will open the 2023 season hosting Sam Houston State on September 2nd. Now listen closely because of note, and this is critical, Sam Houston State will make the jump from the FCS ranks to the FBS level in 2023, meaning that the first game Sam Houston will play as an FBS team will be in Provo against BYU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU also announced that the game against Southern Utah, and by the way, the Thunderbirds are still FCS, has been moved to September 9th. So the 2023 non-conference slate is officially set for BYU. Sam Houston State, in Provo on September 2nd, they will count as an FBS foe. Southern Utah a week later, also in Provo. And then the Cougars will travel to Arkansas on September 16th before BYU begins that gauntlet of a Big 12 schedule, a nine-game schedule we're anticipating to go along with these three non-conference games. So there you go, Jason, some breaking news to open up today's BYU Sports Nation. I like it, and I also like the fact that it gives us a window into what we assume will be the non-conference scheduling model moving forward once BYU joins the Big 12. It has not officially been called an ABC scheduling model, but it kind of feels that way. Yeah, it feels that way. What I mean by that is you have an A-level opponent, which BYU does in this instance, Arkansas, and then the Cougars will settle on a B-level opponent and then a C-level opponent, which typically is your lower division team, which is Southern Utah. Now, Sam Houston State, I know some of you are saying, well, that kind of feels like two C-level opponents, right? Well, frankly, technically, they are going to be a B-level opponent because it will be upper division. The Bearcats are making the jump, and BYU is going into the Big 12 with who knows at quarterback. I'm totally okay with this. I have no problem with this. I love this. We'll discuss more of this later. Yes. I feel like if BYU is going to open up the season 2-0, albeit against Sam Houston State and Southern Utah in their inaugural Big 12 campaign, great. Because we've said it here before, we want BYU to just get bowl eligible in that first Big 12 season. And not get beat up heading into the rest of the season. That's not to say the Cougars can't do something special in 2023. It all depends on who comes back, but that is where it stands. We should also note, Jason, BYU added an additional game with Southern Utah for the 2025 season that will be played in Provo on September 6th. That's how you open up a show. That's how you break. Love it. Some scheduling news. Well, Big 12 Media Day mention, and then some breaking you news betcha. with BYU football. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
Speaking of football, head coach Kalani Satake has been named to the preseason watch list for the Bobby Dodd Coach of the Year Award. The watch list includes 20 of the nation's top college coaches. Alex Barcelo got some action last night for the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Summer League. He had one rebound and a couple of assists. They lost to the Chicago Bulls. Barcelo and the Raptors will face off against Jason Shepard's Utah Jazz tonight. And yours. They're yours too. Okay, fair enough. 7 Eastern, you can watch that live on ESPN2. Hopefully AB gets to take, you know, an actual shot. Former BYU baseball standout Colton Shaver has signed with the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Shaver was previously with the Lancaster Barnstormers of the Atlantic League. He's expected to play for the Blue Jays AAA team. That would be the Buffalo Bison. All right, BYU baseball has a few characters hanging on in AAA baseball, right? Colton Shaver. It's, it's funny you say Latest. hanging on because- Brennan Lund. Yes, uh, I have a picture of Colton Shaver holding my son Bo upside down in the dugout <laughs> by his feet, just hanging there. So as soon as you said that, that immediately popped into my head. Gosh, it'd be good to see those guys <laughs> call up to the big leagues. You know, we're hoping. Yeah, we're hoping. That's, that's the goal, right? Yeah. All right, on to some golf news. At different amateur opens, BYU senior Brock Goyan placed second in the Arizona Amateur Open, earning him a spot in the 122nd U.S. Amateur in New Jersey. How about that? That tournament will be held in August. And in Utah, sophomore Zach Jones won medalist honors at the 124th Utah Men's State Amateur. After firing off his second straight 66, not bad. Teammate David Timmons finished right behind him with a two-day total of 134. Those guys are so, so good on the links. All right, your show lineup also includes, because it's Big 12 Media Day, it's the guy in the heart of Big 12 country, John Kurtz. Jason, you've been following this guy for a while. Looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, he, he's got really good information. He does a, a very popular Big 12 uh, YouTube uh, show a couple of times a week. He does podcasts for the Big 12. Yeah. It, it, I know a lot of people know who he is. It, I'm excited to be able to talk to him. Be honest, out. he took some shots at Utah, and you were there for that too, right? Well, that's not why we had him on. If that just happens to be part of the thing, it's I'm not, I'm, who am I to judge? <laughs> we'll also get to know the foe. What do you know about Sam Houston State? We're going to have some fun with that. Some notable, distinguished alumni, right? Yes, okay. yes. Let's go. We're going to quiz each other. Yeah. It'll be fun. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Big 12 media days in a big place. Jerry's World in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, right on the field. How about that? Why are we not there? We got, I guess we're on our own field, right? We are on our field. <laughs> uh, this is not as big as Jerry World. We're on our own field. But it certainly feels big, right? Yeah, our own little cavern that we're <laughs> discussing Big 12 Media Days in. Jason, quite simply, uh, we've had a chance to hear from Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12. Bob Bowlesby has taken the mic. Uh, this is a two-day event, and so I'm sure there will be anything and everything discussed around realignment, uh, scheduling, all that stuff. And we'll play some of the top sound bites that have already taken place today for you during this segment. But I do need to ask you off the top, I mean, what are you hoping to learn from this? What are you, what are you hoping to learn and uh, know after the Big 12 media days have wrapped up? Look, I, I think ultimately the only thing that I really wanted to know, and, and it's not something specific. I mean, if you get specifics, great, but I don't know if anybody's really anticipating anything because there's so many things in flux. But I, I, I wanted to hear the vision. I wanted to hear what Commissioner Yorkman and, or your mark, your mark, 
I keep calling him Yorman. I don't know why that okay. is. Commissioner Yormark um, sees for this conference moving forward. This, this is it's a guy that a lot of us didn't know anything about. And so to get him in and hear his vision, that's really what I wanted to hear. Yeah, what everybody wants to know is, are you going to add more teams? Right. Is there more realignment coming? Like, not surprising that that question was asked basically first. And, yeah, I want to know, too. Like, I want to know all about that, but I'm not expecting to hear anything. Right. You know, I'm expecting to hear, well, we're just kind of, it's wait and see approach. In fact, with that on the mind, Jason, let's get to our first soundbite. Here is Brett Yormark on if the Big 12 is actively engaged specifically with Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. We're exploring all options, and we're open for business. And optionality is good, and we're vetting through all of them. I think it's fair to say I've received a lot of phone calls, a lot of interest. People understand the direction of the Big 12. And we're exploring those levels of interest. Nothing is imminent, but we're working hard to make sure that we position the Big 12 in the best possible way on a go-forward basis. Okay, that's what I wanted to know, the latest on realignment. And uh, might I just add, Brett Yormark is a sharp dude. Sharp dressed, he's been around in the business in several different high-level businesses, been extremely successful. And I like how he attacked it, where he said, look, there's a lot of interest in joining the Big 12. We've received a lot of phone calls. Nothing is imminent. Basically, we're just taking those phone calls, we're listening to all of them, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, and those are all things that you would expect to hear. Sure. I, I, think the, I think the biggest thing is, look, he, right out of the gate, nothing is imminent. We're not saying anything's happening right now. And look, I, I don't know if anybody expects anything to happen right now. Now, again, things certainly, as we've seen very recently, can change in... in you know, drop of a hat. But um, I, I, I like the fact that right out of the gate, he's acknowledging what's out there. Mm -hmm. He's saying nothing's imminent, but we're taking phone calls and we're listening and we're going to do what's best for the conference. Yeah, I mean, there, it's no surprise that that was the early question. And there, again, not shockingly, a number of follow-up questions yeah. surrounding the Big 12 and the Pac-12 specifically. Well, and he, Commissioner Yormark was asked, you know, he just obviously talked about the fact, you know, you're taking calls from other people. You know, he was specifically asked if the Big 12 themselves will poach teams from the Big 12. There is not a definitive plan right now. We're exploring all options. I can assure you that given the time I've spent with our presidents, our chancellors, our athletic directors, we are a very unified group. Okay, I like to hear that. Man, you wonder just how unified they are. It feels like the Big 12 is more collectively unified than a conference like the Pac-12. Well, because, because USC and UCLA just left, Well, right? and because the Big 12 was where the Pac-12 is now. They were in that same boat last year. They're a year past that. They've been able to yeah. galvanize themselves, and a lot of it comes with not just adding schools, but also sort of galvanizing the, the, the rest of the group against a couple of other teams yeah. who want out. Yes. So to me, like what I take away from that last soundbite from Brett Yormark is the Big 12 is not currently worried about having any defectors. Okay. And, and I like to hear that because everything feels like everything's on the table, right? like, oh, man, well, I hope that Oklahoma State stays after a couple of years. I hope that Baylor's bought in. I hope that TCU's bought in. They don't want to go to some other conference. But he's very, very bullish, and he uses that word later on in the soundbite that you will hear, that they are not going anywhere. 
and that is fantastic news for BYU fans. So the question was about, are you going to poach teams from the Pac-12? And my, the thing that I take from that has nothing to do with the Pac-12. It has everything to do with the Big 12 standing with a unified front and feeling confident that there are not going to be teams leaving the Big 12 for somewhere else. And I think that's important to yes. show that confidence sure. that the conference is in good shape right now. Things can certainly change in terms of additions, but where they are today, they're confident and they like where they are. They like the pieces that they have to work with moving forward. And that should give everybody, not just BYU fans, sure. but everybody that's associated with the Big 12 currently or will be soon, that should give yeah. them a lot of confidence to hear the confidence coming from the league. Well, and it goes without saying, while Brett Yormark is very confident in what group they have that currently constitutes the Big 12, everyone's got an opinion on USC and UCLA leaving, right? And the money that the Trojans and Bruins are going to receive once they get to the Big Ten and have that new media rights deal in place. Here's Brett Yormark on specifically USC and UCLA and the shockwave that that brought to college football. I was excited by it in many respects because I saw there was opportunity. And I figured I'd be thrown into it uh, a little sooner than I had thought. And as Linda said, uh, I've been working very closely with Bob and others on defining our path forward. So I, I do look at it as an opportunity. Uh, as I said earlier, we're going to vet out all the possibilities and options and determine where we go. Now, this is interesting, Jason, because a lot of old-school college football mentalities do not have the approach of Brett Yormark. And they're like, oh, it's ruining college football. All of these longstanding traditions, the heart of the Pac-12, the L.A. market, like, it's all ruined now. What did he say? I was excited by it. I see it as opportunity. He's a businessman, Jason. This is what the Big 12 wanted to go totally off the radar with their new commissioner, not somebody that's been in college football forever. And that's not saying anything it's Bob Bowlesby because we love Bob. And Bob has done remarkable things with the NCAA and the Big 12. He's earned his retirement, which is soon forthcoming. But Brett Yormark is a businessman and has led the Barclays Center and has been working with Rock Nation and Jay-Z. He's about entertainment. He's about how to make the most money and put the best product in front of fans' eyes. Yeah, it was an, it was an out-of-the-box o- hire. Opportunity. Yes, that you, you can certainly see when you're trying to do something and blaze a trail down a new path, bringing somebody in that is creative like that and thinks outside of the box makes, makes a whole lot of sense. Yes, love that. I see it as opportunity. Yeah. I'm excited by it. Well, one opportunity moving forward. Now, granted, it doesn't happen until the media rights deal c- that they currently have ends in 2025. Uh, but Brett Yormark was asked about, uh, about the, the media rights moving forward mm-hmm. and where things stand with that. Okay. I'm bullish on the conference. And what we look like today and what we look like when we enter those negotiations could be very different. Um, Obviously, we've got three more years with our current partners. I've had a working relationship with ESPN and Fox for many years. I'm big fans of what they do. They're the best in the business. And I look forward to, at the right time, engaging with them on meaningful conversations on how we can enhance and amplify the value equation and, and how they glamorize and promote and market our great conference. So... There aren't any specific 
that I can speak to now as far as how we're going to position ourselves differently because there's a long time between now and, and when we'll commence negotiation. But I'm looking forward to that moment. And as I said earlier, everything we do from this point forward will lead towards that negotiation period. I'm glad that dude's going to be in the room. Yeah. Straight very up. impressive. I'm glad that dude's going to be in the room. Um, because, I, and I, listen, I know that the Pac-12 has been reeling a little bit, but they've got a solid commissioner too. And I'm not saying you have to like these people, okay? But George Klyovkov, very sharp guy, and he's probably the reason the Pac-12 is going to survive this summer. Okay, Brett Yormark, an extremely sharp dude, someone totally off the radar. I love how he has addressed the tough questions at the top of Big 12 media days, and I, I think, I believe him. So I'll, I'll take that for what you will. But, like, I don't believe everything I hear from all these commissioners, especially with realignment going on. I believe, I believe Brett Yormark when he says we're a unified group. I believe that. And that matters. It does matter, especially with all of the uncertainty that's going on right now, to be able to put that out there that this group is willing to continue to work together and they want to do this as a unified group, that says a lot. Oh, the negotiation period. Uh, to steal a line from uh, the great musical Hamilton, I want to be in the room where it happens, Jason. <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall in those negotiations for the new grant of media rights for the Big 12 and ESPN and Fox and whoever else is involved. Is there going to be a streaming service? Is Amazon coming to play? Does Google come into play? Like, I, I wish I could be there. Interesting that you bring that up in terms of what it may look like because um, we're going to get to that a little bit later yes. on in the show. Um, Brett Yormark made a comment to some of the, uh, the media members uh, that was not part of the, the initial uh, press conference Ooh. that I think, I think BYU fans are going to find very interesting. Again, that's what we call a tease, folks. Well done, Jason Shepard. <laughs> Our question of the day goes back to the actual headline news that opened up the show, and that is that BYU has a finalized non-conference slate for their inaugural Big 12 campaign. The 2023 non-conference schedule is set with the addition of Sam Houston State. So we want to know, what do you think about that finalized BYU football 2023 non-conference schedule? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Mark Delroy on Twitter, who says, quote, good opening with two should-be non-stress games, and there are quotation marks around that. And then when those on your own. BYU has warmed up, Bring on the hogs of Arkansas, all right? I'm totally okay with this. I have no problem with this. This Set yourself up to be in a good spot when you join the conf- when you join a conference play. Yeah, that's not to say that the Tennessee game and idea of that wouldn't have been super fun, but playing Tennessee and Arkansas in the non-conference on top of nine Big 12 games, we're talking 11 Power 5 games, your first year in a Power 5 conference, that's a lot. So while it's not a notable big-name opponent on September 2nd and not like Tennessee, I feel like this is probably the best thing that could happen for BYU football. Again, not as, not as flashy, not even close, but I think this is so smart by Tom Homo uh, to go out and get an aggressive Sam Houston State team that's making the jump up and go and do this. Yep. I think it's super smart. Yep, I, I agree with it. I like the direction, and again, it gives us an idea of how things probably will look Moving forward. All right, coming up, what is our fast food French fry of choice? (laughs) Bringing you the hard-hitting stuff. (laughs) And John Kurtz covers the Big 12. He's in the heart of the country. 
He joins the show. Jason Shepard goes one-on-one -on -one with him to discuss all things surrounding BYU's future home in the Big 12. I think he's a Cougar fan, Jason, just saying. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us on Friday as we look back at some of the best Deep Blue stories of the year. It's the best of Deep Blue, Volume 5. That's Friday, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We are live in Studio C with some of the best of BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> That's probably a little bullish to steal a word from Brett Yormark. Why not? Just getting up on, <laughs> on a best of. Okay. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason. You're shortchanging us today. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. My apologies. I, should, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't downplay how awesome you are, Jason. It's nothing to do with me. We're a team here, pal. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you did step outside of this duo dynamic, <laughs> thankfully, because your buddy John Kurtz was kind enough to join you one-on-one -on -one earlier today. Yeah, I was able to talk with him uh, a little bit ago, and John Kurtz is uh, a guy that has covered the Big 12 for a really, really long time. A lot of different platforms, whether it's a podcast network, his YouTube channel. Uh, he's done a lot with K-State in the past, and as Spencer mentioned, I talked with him a little bit earlier today. All right, John, I, I know it's only a couple of hours old uh, and we really didn't get a ton of information, but I'm curious your uh, your early takeaways from uh, from the new commissioner, Brett Yorkman, today. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we didn't get any specific comments about like, hey, I'm after X, Y, Z school, but I think that's probably to be expected, um, especially in a world where you just you don't want to tip your hand. I mean, I think back to USC, UCLA and Texas, Oklahoma, how quiet it was. There was not a single leak basically until we actually found out the news that they were gone. So I think these things at the highest levels get kept pretty airtight as amazing as that is to believe in 2022. But overall, I just, I thought he came across as incredibly confident. I mean, I honestly, you know, played a lot to what my expectations would have been for him. Um, really confident, clearly has a vision of wanting to make the league like younger and hipper, which I thought was a great comment to hear. Um, so just kind of a more dynamic product to offer there. He talked a lot about angling everything toward TV and wanted to make sure that whatever we do, we're adding value. I even listened to him a little bit after his podium press conference when he was just on with the ESPN crew. And he was um, evolving more on, on that point, talking about like, hey, I've already had conversations with the media partners about what can we do to add value? Everything is about adding value. Um, and I think that's the right way to be thinking here. I wanted a real innovative thinker for the Big 12. I wanted somebody pretty forward thinking. And I think with his resume, it's clear that that you got that, but you wanted to see it actually out in person today. And, and that came across, I think, loud and clear that this is a confident guy that wants to lead this league in a, in a different direction than where it's been, frankly. I followed you for a long time. I really enjoy your content, whether it's your, your YouTube channel, whether it's the podcast network. And I know that you've done a lot of stuff with K-State. Uh, but obviously, the, the Big 12 in general, you're very familiar with. And with you being out there in that area, I, I'm curious what the overall thought was uh, from, from the universities involved when he was named, speaking of, of Brett Yorkman, when he was named the new commissioner, what was everybody's thoughts on that originally? It, it seemed to be pretty universally appreciated by everybody. Um, because I think most people realize the Big 12 was in a position where you needed something different. Um, and nothing against Bob Bowlesby. I actually, you know, I don't hold Texas, Oklahoma, everything that's happened against him as much as some do. 
Um, I think he's been good for the Big 12 in a lot of ways, but he is more the old school, like longtime administrator, uh, very kind of deadpan. This is high energy, opposite end of the spectrum. And I think that's what everybody wanted to see. And they want to see somebody with TV connections. And I think it's a great thing when you see in the release that the Big 12 put out about him being the new commissioner, you get a quote from the head of Fox Sports in there. I mean, that speaks volumes to some of the TV connections that this guy has. So I think most people really recognize that. You know, the the only dissent that I saw would be from somebody who was thinking more along the old school lines. Like, hey, we need... We need somebody who is going to be a long, who's been a long time college athletics administrator. But the fact of the matter is the game has changed so much in the last even three years that I just don't think that's the way to go anymore. It's a totally different game. It much more resembles the entertainment world or like the professional sports world, two areas where Brett Yormark has worked extensively. So I think most people, I would say like 80% of the feedback that I saw to it, most people were very, very receptive to that. And to be honest, I was a little bit surprised. I think people were kind of pleasantly surprised by by what the Big 12 did in hiring him. Yeah, and I keep saying Yorman, Yormark, Brett Yormark is is his name. And look, you mentioned the confidence that he showed earlier today, and that stood out to me as well. And I, I think that speaks to certainly putting forth um, this uh, this aura, not just about himself, but about what he wants this conference to be. So I guess my question is. How secure should the Big 12 feel right now after going through everything it has over the last year? Yeah, there's always going to be some level of insecurity. I mean, I think some of that is just kind of baked into this after everything the Big 12 has been through, not even just in the last year. But if you extrapolate it out to like the remaining eight schools that were around back in in 2010, when everything happened, when we went through the round of realignment with Nebraska, Mizzou, Texas A&M, Colorado, leaving the league. And it it looked for a fleeting moment there, looked like Texas and Oklahoma were going to the Pac-12 and that everything was going to be over. I mean, it's been twice now in the last decade that that these this faction of Big 12 fans has really had to deal with looking at their their life in the mirror. You know, like, this is it. This could be it. Um, so I think there's always going to be some level of insecurity. And honestly, just when the tectonic plates of realignment start moving, you always have to be worried about what domino is going to fall and what that will mean. Having said all of that, I think it's it's clearly a much more secure position than they were in a year ago. Um, even if, and I saw John Wilner, who was the guy that broke the initial USC UCLA report, um, earlier today said that he's expecting that the PAC 12 is going to at least stay intact throughout the football season, that it's probably going to be a while before anything were to happen. If somebody were to leave. Um, so even if that happens and the PAC 12 stays together for another year or two or whatever it's going to be, I think the big 12 is still in a pretty good position. Um, we're starting to see TV numbers trickle out. I know Jeffrey Fuller, who's a guy that does a lot of that on Twitter, um, put some out today that were very favorable to the Big 12 looking at, and these are all based on projections made by a, a third-party company, but the Big 12 could be fetching mid-40s to even the 50s um, in terms of millions per year in payout and TV contracts for uh, each of the schools over the next four, five, six years. And I think that is that is just miles better than what we thought a year ago last year. And that's really the key in all of this, because that will not only you know, provide you more money and let you be more competitive in the national landscape, but that's what the stability is all about. And when you talk about the Pac-12, I would venture a guess that their numbers are going to be lower than that. So that still, I think, puts you in a good position to pluck off the four corner schools at some point, even if it's not going to happen right now. So, yeah, I think basically everything that's happened since Texas and Oklahoma has been good. Adding the four schools that the Big 12 did very quickly, all the success on the field last year, not just by the teams in the current league, but obviously everybody else, Cincinnati, BYU, you know, for instance, included in that Houston, too, with a tremendous season. Um 
everything is really pushing in the direction of this league being more stable and more unified and together than they have been in a while with the caveat that yes, realignment, anything is, is possible. Well, and, and commissioner Yormark said, you know, we're open for business. I mean, he was, he, he mentioned that multiple times, so he's certainly not closing any doors. And, and while we're talking about that and look, John, it's probably the, the unanswerable question because anything can change and it can change at a second's notice. But as we sit here today, what's your feeling when the dust settles? Is the Big 12 going to add teams from the Pac-12? Are they going to merge with the Pac-12? Or are they going to stay put with the current members moving forward? Obviously, for a couple years with Texas, Oklahoma, and then after that, without. Yeah, it's to me, a part of it is, okay, so when is the dust settling? When are we talking about the dust settling here? If we're talking about... Going into this football season, I feel like it's it's still going to be as currently composed. I doubt that you're going to pull off any of the four Pac-12 schools by that point. Now, in a year or two, or like by the time Texas and Oklahoma actually leave this league, I do still tend to lean toward the Big 12 is going to be able to pull away at least, at least maybe two of those Pac-12 schools and add them to the league. I mean, there's been some talk of like Utah being a little more resistant to that and Arizona being on the opposite end where they really want to go and would have to find a, a dance partner essentially to come with them to the big 12. It seems like there's enough smoke there. And I still think that the big 12's TV contract, once everything gets sorted out is, is going to be 15 to $20 million perhaps more per year uh, than what the PAC 12s is again, based on some of these projections we're seeing and just, I think logic and putting two and two together here, that's just an educated guess on my part. No, nobody's feeding me that information, but I would imagine that that's going to play out. And eventually that money um, and the extra stability, I think that comes with the big 12 right now, because the PAC 12 will be always waiting on Oregon and Washington to make their next move. I think that will win out in the end, but it's, it's tough. And these kind of predictions can make you look pretty silly in conference realignment. So uh, I fully understand that as I say that, but I, I think it will still happen to some extent. It just won't be as quickly as everybody thought it would be initially when USC and UCLA left or, or perhaps as quickly as everybody wants it to happen. With Texas and Oklahoma ultimately on their way out, uh, I know there was a report that they each school, each university had a vote uh, when it came to the new commissioner. How invested are they right now? How much are they participating? How much do they want to participate? Do we even know the answers to that right now? It's a great question. I, th there may be some that know the answers to those questions. I, I can't proclaim to say that I do. Um, I thought it was interesting that they had a vote, and I, I get why. I mean, they are going to have to have this commissioner I mean, not only deal with the, the logistics of the league, but potentially negotiate whatever it is that they're going to negotiate to try and get out early. Um, but it, it's tough for me to tell. It's tough for me to tell. And I, the, the distrust or mistrust of, of Texas and Oklahoma, everybody in the league comes by that very honestly. Um, they were sitting on different committees, Texas and Oklahoma, while orchestrating this move to the SEC behind everybody's back and made Bob Bowlesby out to look like a fool a year ago at Big 12 Media Days when he talked about the league being together and realignment probably not being a thing for a while. So um, it's just tough to know. You know, I will say one thing about some of the logistics of that we've really only seen reporting I, Brian Davis from the Austin American Statesman. I know at one point said it would probably be 2024 at the earliest that Texas leaves. And that came within the last couple of months that he put that out. But outside of that, there's really been zero reporting from anybody, even in Austin uh, about when the exit is going to happen, which I think is pretty telling because a lot of people around the Texas program like to talk uh, there are too many cooks in the kitchen, which I, I think is a big problem for Texas as far as their athletic success goes. And that means there's a lot of people that want to talk and feel important and spread sources. There are also a lot of great journalists in Austin. I mean, the, the American Statesman is a great, great paper. Um, 
So the fact that nothing has really gotten out, I think, means that Texas and Oklahoma have done a pretty good job of keeping a lot of that stuff under lock and key. And, and your best bet on that, I guess, would probably be to, to if you could get true serum and some of the ADs around the league to ask them, like, how committed do you really feel like they are at this point? But um, I'm sure I'm sure it's one foot in, one foot out kind of stuff uh, for the most part. If I were to guess and speculate about Texas and Oklahoma, but I, I can't profess to know that answer for sure. John Kurtz joining us here on BYU Sports Nation, uh, our Big 12 insider. He's got his hand in podcasting, his YouTube channel, does some play-by-play stuff, um, and uh, really happy to have you on the program today. L- let's focus on what this conference will look like when the new schools, obviously speaking of, of the four that were added within the last year, what are your expectations for the conference beginning a year from now when all of these teams are together? It's a 14-team league. What do you envision the conference looking like and being able uh, to do at that point? I think it'll be awesome. I mean, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for a year of the four new schools coming in in Texas and Oklahoma still being there. Um, perhaps some organized chaos with that and trying to figure out scheduling and, you know, if it's going to be divisions or some, some pods or whatever, however they're going to manage that. I think there will be some level of chaos to that. And even, I mean, look, Texas and Oklahoma, they don't want to go play those games. It's, it's just such a uh, lose, lose scenario for them to go play the four new schools, which is why I love it. I mean, I think, you know, make Texas go play BYU again. I'm sure Uh they still have some nightmares about how that went in the past. Um, Make Oklahoma go to the bounce house and play UCF. I mean, heck, give Cincinnati a crack at these guys. How about Houston getting a chance at Texas? I mean, that's awesome to think about that kind of a game for those schools. So one, very happy for the four incoming schools um, in getting the opportunity to potentially do that. And so I think for a year, it's just going to be something that is totally different than anything we've experienced yet and would experience in the future. And my expectation still is that Texas and Oklahoma would probably find a way to get out after that. I don't think they're going to want to do more than just one year of that, but I think that year will be incredibly fun and everybody can kind of go play with house money, so to speak. Then after that, I think the part I'm most excited to see is just what, what natural rivalries kind of pick up within the league, because it, it will take some time for that, but no doubt there will be some rivalries that form with the four newcomers in the league and everybody else. And it'll just be fascinating to see who it is that takes over as the top dog of the conference, if there's going to be one, because it just seems like a league that will be filled with so much parity. So when you pair that up with your Mark's vision, like a conference with parity where everybody is pretty good, maybe not necessarily great. And you're going to have a lot of really good, fun, entertaining games um, with new environments for some of these schools to go to. I just think it will be a wildly entertaining product. What that means as far as access to the playoff, what that will even look like at that point, how many teams will get there, will they truly have a chance at a national championship? I don't even know that it's fair to speculate about that at this point, but I I do think this will be a league that people, the college football fans will find this league incredibly entertaining. I have no doubt about that. And, And then pair it with your Mark's vision. I think they can really emphasize some of the points of that and find different ways to really leverage that. And that's, that's truly what I'm really excited to see. Yeah, well, it goes without saying, BYU is uh, certainly excited to be a part of it. And by all accounts, from everything you read and you hear, everybody's excited to have BYU in the Big 12. John, uh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Uh, always appreciate your time. Mention you have your hand in a lot of different things. Uh, for people that want to get your content, where can they find it? Yeah, well, I really appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I definitely think we are excited to have BYU in the conference. And you'll see that on my YouTube channel, getting to about 14,000 subscribers right now, which is primarily Big 12 fans. So it's a really cool community of Big 12 fans there. And I go live on Wednesday and Sunday, and you can just see in the chat, you can converse with a lot of Big 12 fans. 
I think there is a lot of excitement uh, for the Cougars to be coming into the conference there. So would definitely suggest that. My YouTube channel is just my name, J-O-H-N-K-U-R-T-Z. If you want to find me on there, if you want K-State specific content, I do a a podcast called Three Ma um, on the KC Sports Network uh, here in Kansas City where I live. Um, and then also you'll catch me every once in a while on a big 12 now on ESPN plus broadcast, um, whether that be for K state or for the league. Uh, so I have my hand in some play by play and you can follow me on Twitter, just JL Kurtz on Twitter. If you want uh, more, more daily content from me. Look, KC guys, nothing wrong with that. I'm a KC guy. You're a KC guy. We're both chiefs fans. Uh, so, Hey, let's, there's nothing wrong with this conversation at all. Right. Hey, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. Yeah. We both, uh, we're, we're both all about some Patrick Mahomes then. That's, that's right. That's right. John, great stuff. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time as always. Hey, absolutely. Thanks guys. Take care. And the truth shall set you free. You're both Chiefs fans. And Look, that's the whole reason you wanted to have him that on That is the show. not the whole reason I wanted to have him on. <laughs> is it a, a fun added bonus? Yes, okay, it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, coming up, we get to know BYU football's newest foe. And and I'm serious when I ask this. Is Jamal Williams going to be a top 10 fantasy football running back this season? Why would we be asking that? Because there's some serious juice behind that idea. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jason. I am Spencer. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. All right, we teased this a little earlier. I found this very interesting. Kevin Reynolds of the Salt Lake Tribune tweeted out that uh, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark said off-camera to some of the uh, other media members there that the Big 12 will be focused on linear networks in the upcoming media rights contract ahead of streaming. What do you make of these comments? Not a shocker for me, because for the next at least 20 years, Jason, it's always going to be in a live sports forum about linear capabilities. Until we are the older generation, then I think at that point, maybe streaming takes over linear, but maybe not even then. I just think that linear is going to be king until you and I and our generation are the super old generation in our society. I'm glad you're saying we're not there yet. I do appreciate that. <laughs> I, look, I was a little surprised to hear that. And I agree with you. Like everybody's still gonna wanna watch TV and you have a TV and not, not everybody's gonna have streaming, but clearly the streaming option is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that is where things are trending. So I was a little surprised sure. that the main focus will be linear. Now the idea, I know that the idea of turning on the TV for most people by just pushing a button and typing in a number is like the easiest thing ever. And that's why linear is going to be king. Even though it might not be any easier than clicking an app and you know pushing a few buttons and then it's streaming on your TV. They're both really simple, but the idea yeah. of like turning on your remote and turning to a channel, that's still king. I thought, I thought that that's was still super- king. And that's why linear rules. It was a super interesting comment, I thought. Okay. BYU Statsman on Twitter let a fan vote of the best running backs in BYU football history and compiled the results into a list. Top five goes as follows. Luke Staley, number two, Jamal Williams. Harvey Unga at number three. 
Tyler Algier at number four, and Jamal Willis rounds out the top five. Curtis Brown just on the outside of the top five. He's number six. What, if anything, would you change about this BYU all-time greats running backs list? That's ultimately, I don't know if I'm changing much. Um, I definitely agree with with the top three. I think it's four and five that I think you have arguments for a lot of other guys. And I'm not saying that it's okay. not right, okay. but I'm just saying, look, and that's that's a good problem to have when you've got a lot of guys on the the BYU history books at, at the sure. running back positions sure. that could be there. But I mean, ultimately, I, I don't have too much of an issue with it. Again, this is clearly focused on what they accomplished at BYU, which yes. it should be when you're discussing all-time great BYU running yes. backs. Like, we look at what they did in Provo. I only make one change in the top five. I'd move Tyler Algier into the number three spot, and here's why. He broke the record, the single season rushing record, Jason, against arguably the toughest schedule that any BYU running back has ever faced. Seven power fives, come on. Like he did it against seven power fives, yeah. which is why I lean towards Tyler Algier just surpassing his mentor, Harvey Unga. But other than that, stays the same. Uh, Curtis Brown, Ronnie Jenkins, great running backs, but I don't know if they're enough to overtake Jamal Willis. Uh, Pro Football Focus, or PFF, tweeted out that, uh, quote, this year's potential James Conner is Jamal Williams. Okay. How about that? Right. Last year, Conner finished fifth in total fantasy points <laughs> among running backs. Uh, are you buying that Jamal Williams could be one of the top ten fantasy running backs? If given the opportunity, is Jamal Williams even the starting running back? Yeah, that's what we Detroit. don't know. And James Conner was not the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. He evolved into that role and then, yeah, made the most of it. So if Jamal Williams becomes the dude, the guy, and he's the man that's getting the carries at the goal line, then yes, but it's all about how much opportunity the Lions actually give Jamal Williams. Yeah, that's right now we don't know if he's going to be the starter. Um, unfortunately, he's had some injury issues over the last couple of years that he's dealt with. We certainly know he has the we talent. Saw, no, you saw what he did to Green Bay, right? Yes, we, we know how good when he, he is. When he was the dude? Yes. I just, I, and look, I just have a hard time buying into the fact that the Lions, that the Detroit Lions will figure out a way to do something right. You know what I mean? It's just, they don't have a track record of figuring it out. And unfortunately, <laughs> that's where he plays. If they just make him the guy, just give him an opportunity. Make him the dude. Give him the majority of the carries. Jamal Williams I would love to see it will happen. not disappoint. That would be great. If that happens, now we're talking about a significant fantasy football running back. All right, let's get to the real important question. Okay. Today is National French Fry Day, which begs the question, which fast food restaurant produces the best French fries? Oh, my gosh. You're not a big French fry guy. No, I am. I just don't eat them a whole lot. <laughs> um... <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, I don't think that you can go away from McDonald's. Just straight up McDonald's. Just straight up McDonald's. Better than In-N-Out, better than Carl's Jr., better than Arby's, better than Wendy's. Uh, the only one that comes close to me is Wendy's. The upgraded sea salt fries Super good. are really, really yeah. good. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to complicate this. I'm going with the McDonald's fries. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go a little off the radar here. Like. Don't you dare go something that's not fast food because that changes no, 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 my no. answer. No, 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 no. Okay. It's not. It's right. absolutely fast food. It's curly fries, Jason, at Arby's. I, I seasoned curly fries at Arby's by far are the best fries 
in the fast food business. They're good, but I just want salt. It's all I want out of my fry. Curly fries. I just want salt. I'm never disappointed in curly fries, ever. And they're ever. Let's be honest, they're fun to play with too. <laughs> all right, coming up, a rise and shout out to the new commission. No, we're not talking about Michael Chiklis. Nice. If you know, you know. Plus, how much do you really know about Sam Houston State? We're gonna put our knowledge to the test next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get all the interviews by subscribing to and sharing the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B in honor of finalizing the non-conference schedule in 2023 with the addition of Sam Houston State. We're gonna play a little summer edition of Know the Foe. Because we BYU don't really know Sports much. Nation asks, do you know the foe? About Sam Houston State. Do we know the foe, Jason? We're going to find out if you and I know the foe. Okay. You play along with us, please. Number one. All right, Jason, tackle this brain buster. Which future Big 12 conference mate mm -hmm. shares the same mascot as Sam Houston State? Okay. Baylor, Kansas State, Texas Tech, mm -hmm. or Cincinnati? Are they the Bears? They're the, the Bears. Wildcats? They're the Bears. The Red Raiders or the Bearcats? They share it with Baylor. They're the Bears. Close. It's the Bearcats. You didn't let me finish. Cats. <laughs> it's the Bearcats. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, here we go. What college football head coach on BYU's schedule played at Sam Houston State? Jeff Scott from USF, Blake Anderson from Utah State. Hugh Freeze at Liberty or Craig Bowl from Wyoming? I'm going to go with Craig Bowl from Wyoming. <laughs> Who was it? Blake Anderson. Blake played at Sam Houston State. He did. How he about is, that? He's a bear. Cat. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Jason. Is anybody going to get one right? Which former NFL journeyman quarterback okay. played at Sam Houston State? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm. Isn't he still playing? He's retired. He's okay. now on Amazon. I, I kid. Yeah, here, yeah, he's at Amazon. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, Brian Hoyer, mm -hmm. or Case Keenum? Uh, I'm going to say Brother McCown. Josh McCown. That is the correct yes. answer. Josh McCown played at Sam Houston State. Okay. You got one right. I'm so happy. All right, now can you get one? What town in Texas is Sam Houston State located at? <laughs> Huntsville, Houston, Hallsburg, or Hamlin? I hate this question. Because they're Sam Houston State, so naturally you want to say Houston, right? Or maybe it's Sam. Naturally you want to say Houston, but it's not Houston. Okay, or is it? Give me the other answers again. Huntsville, Hallsburg, <laughs> or Hamlin? <laughs> Hamlin. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Hallsburg. Wow! Huntsville. It's Huntsville? Yes, oh, yes. Man. All right, I've, I've got the one point. <laughs> okay, number three. How many national championships has Sam Houston State won in football? In the FCS level. Well, just all together. Okay, okay, any fine. Level. Okay, fine. One, two, three, or four? Two. Gosh, you're, that's two in a row, Jason. Sweet. Can you give me one of the years? One of them was pretty recent. 
Which is why they were on my radar. Okay, okay. Uh, 2013. 2020. The 2020 FCS National Champion. There you go. Sam Houston State Bear Cats. Cats. Yes, all right. Last one. This one's for you. Can you get a point? What? Oh, you just answered that. That's my question. What? What year did it take place? Oh, really? <laughs> 2020, baby! That was my question I was going to ask you! You still won. Two to one. You, right. st you still beat me. Sweet! That's really all I cared about. Three, for, right. three for six combined. <laughs> That's probably better than Jerem and I, or Jerem and you, have ever done combined in a combined effort. I would agree with that. That's why we're the dynamic duo. That's what I like. Coming up, did you get our elite voice of the day? Plus, today's rise and shout out. Got a few options. Jim McMahon might be in the mix again. Sent out another great tweet yesterday, Jason. He did. BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today, or you could download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, and review. It's really simple. Just do it, right? <laughs> wow. Just do it. Our question of the day, what do you think about BYU football's finalized 2023 non-conference schedule? Sam Houston State, Southern Utah, at Arkansas. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Clark and Addison on Twitter. 2023 is all about the conference schedule, so it's just whatever. <laughs> okay. Really? That's the elite tweet? We don't decide these, by the way. No, no, no. These, we have nothing to do with by who our gets production the elite crew tweet. behind the scenes. That's the power that they wield. Uh, but apparently that was viewed as elite enough. Whatever. <laughs> Today's Look, I like it. <laughs> Me too. I like the fact that you're not going to overextend yourself before conference yes. play begins. Give That's me 12 right power choice. fives. Give me Tennessee and Bama and Arkansas and then a nine-game Big 12 schedule. Uh, today's Rise and Shoutout, Jason, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's go two for one, shall we? Yeah. Uh, Brett Yormark, super sharp guy. And then, did you see the Jim McMahon tweet? Yeah, Jim McMahon tweeted out, BYU better than, and then just left it open. I love that he's back in. Love it. He's back with BYU, right? He's great. He's BYU on, he's graduate. On so good to have him here a few weeks ago. All right. Our uh, thanks to today's guest, John Kurtz, a Chiefs fan with Jason. Conversation continues 24/7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Bryce Doman. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.